Dr. Debbie here, and just a quick announcement before we get to today's episode. Has someone shattered your trust? Have you been blindsided by betrayal? It's a total shock to the body and mind. Some of us recover, and many others stay sick, bitter, angry, resentful, and stuck. If that's you, I have a research-based solution. My new book, Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence and Happiness is now available. In the book, I literally walk you through the five stages of betrayal all the way to transformation with all kinds of examples, stories, and activities so you heal as you're moving through the book. I've also shared my very personal story along with those who participated in my PhD study so you can see how others move through their experiences too. Of course, I'm also teaching you my four-part trust rebuilding process so you can learn to feel safe again, love again, trust again. So here's what you do. Go to the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. That's thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. Why? Because there's a link on that page that'll take you to Amazon, but I want you to know about it because once you get the book, come back to that page, enter your receipt, and then you get some amazing bonus gifts. Can't wait to share the book with you. And if you have friends or a group who'd benefit, get it for them too, because I'm giving tickets to a very special workshop for anyone who purchases more than five copies. ThePBTInstitute.com forward slash trust again. Okay, now on to today's episode. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Judith Costa. Judith is an unconditional love coach, seminar leader, writer, and speaker with a master's degree in psychology and psychotherapy and an MBA. Judith can help you overcome your inner blocks to love, to achieve your dreams, and to find love and happiness. Judith offers workshops, retreats, and talks around the world for groups and companies. These programs include Fall in Love with Yourself, Fall in Love with Your Body, Loving your way to happiness, the workplace well-being, and how to find your soulmate. She offers private sessions and uses different techniques such as coaching, past life regression therapy, the Akashic Records, astrology, and dream interpretation. And you may have heard that saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. And sometimes, especially after a betrayal experience, our cups can feel really empty. So how do you learn to practice self-love so we can heal and begin to feel good again? My next guest is going to show us how. You're going to love her. Here's Judith. Okay, everybody. So today I have Judith Costa with us, and we're going to be talking about self-love. And self-love can be challenging after betrayal because we start, if we do start believing all of the things maybe that were said to us or done to us, we could start really feeling challenged with self-love. So uh, I brought Judith in to really help us work through all of that. So welcome, Judith. Hi, thank you, Debbie, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I was just thrilled to have you. So let's just get started. What does it mean to love yourself? When you were reading, uh, you were talking about how difficult it is to love yourself after a betrayal. I was thinking that the important about self-love is that you have to support yourself. You have to be your best friend, your fan number one, especially when things are not working. When life is difficult, when something had happened that put you down, then it sounds very uh, difficult to be there for yourself all the time. But 
Self-love is a daily decision. It's a choice that you make every day when you get up, no matter what is going on around you, no matter what had happened, what someone said or didn't do, or it's, it's about choosing to let go of what holds you back, to stop criticizing, judging, to, to release the guilt, to release anything that hurts and just to decide to live in a different way where you can be the priority in your life. Mm. And it's a big concept. It involves so many things. We can go uh, and talk about each of them. And I do want to dive right in because when you say something like just letting go and, and all of that, it, it sounds good and we want to do that, but it can be really challenging because we've, you know, life as we've known it no longer exists and we're rebuilding. It's like we're picking up the pieces of a thousand piece puzzle, trying to put things back. And we can never quite put back that same puzzle because that puzzle does not exist anymore. We're in a great opportunity to create a new one that's so much better, um, which is so hopeful, but not, you know, of course, not the same one. So how would you, how would you demonstrate that, that love after a betrayal? And what would be some things you'd recommend? The first and the most important is the power of forgiveness. Uh, and it starts with self-forgiveness. I mean, you have suffered something. Let's imagine that you are in a relationship and, and someone cheated on you and, or abandoned you for uh, someone younger or your best friend, whatever it is. And until the moment you are ready to release all the pain, disappointment and all the heart, it's difficult to move forward because energetically you, you are stuck. You are attached to that situation, stuck in that moment in time where the events happen. Then in order to be free, in order to start loving yourself, it will be very important to just forgive. How you do that? Because again, it sounds very easy, very nice when you said it. By, by choosing to stop suffering, by setting yourself free. Why? Because we, we tend to think that forgiveness is something that we do because we have to be good people. Like It's not that the events didn't happen, the betrayal is there, but it's part of your past and cannot determine your present and your future life. And in the moment you decide to let go of your system, that it's like cutting a cord that connects with that person. And releasing and letting go is the first step to when arrive a moment when you can hear the name of the person and nothing moves inside of yourself, then you know you are healed. And there are different, different techniques. I work with the Akashic Records. We have a forgiveness prayer. You have the Ho'oponopono. But you have just the conscious decision in your mind of just doing it to set yourself free. And, and I love that. You know what? Forgiveness is such a huge topic. And I tell people it's just a word until you have to do it. And it is truly for our sake. And it, it releases the power of the pain that that person has over us. But let's dive into forgiveness a little bit more because it is such a big topic. And, and so often we feel, well, I'm letting that person off the hook or, or I'm setting myself up for it to happen again, or I'm being a pushover or whatever it is. So can you dive into it a little bit deeper and, and explain what forgiveness is and then how just different ways that we may be able to approach it. I would love to go over uh, the Akashic records and, the Hawaiian. <laughs> it's way too big of a word for me, but that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for those that don't, don't know the Akashic Records, it's like uh, the book of your soul, a virtual library where everything that had happened to you, every emotion and experience, every thought is recorded. 
then within a session of the Akashic Records, when you enter in this field, we can do healing. And I will say that in 90% of the sessions that I do, there is forgiveness work involved. Why? Because we tend to accumulate stuff. And not even you need a big event in your life. All the little things that happen in, in your day-to-day -day activity make you feel like, like there are things that you cannot overcome. Then first, uh, realize that you have the power to let go everything you want. Maybe you are not used to do that, but you have. And you don't, you don't need a higher power. You can release things to the higher self or do a consultation of the Akashic Records and help uh, to release, to let go, to forgive. I'll, I'll say the prayer aloud in a moment. And before you do, though, Judith, there may be some people who aren't familiar with what the Akashic Records are. And, and can you just explain what it is, the, the, the potential it holds really for letting go? What, because it's, it, if, you don't, if you haven't heard of it, it really can sound kind of crazy. Yeah, it's an amazing, it's an amazing tool. Uh, but it's, it's what, where we enter in this field of information where who you are as a soul exists, it's recorded. When you access to your Akashic records, um, the masters, the teachers and the loved ones that control this information of everything that had happened to you, see you as a soul. Everything that had happened since the inception of your soul, your past life, your present lifetime, and the future development of your soul. And why is important uh, to do that? Because the session is based on, on your questions. You can ask why this event, this betrayal happened to me. What can I do to solve it? Give me an action plan. Uh, what can I do to avoid this problem? Is this connected with anything or anyone that I, I know before or I encountered before? But more than the guidance or the information, what happens in a, in a session, in a consultation, is there is a shift, there is a transformation. There is a new energy within you that gives you this power, if you want to forgive, to forgive. If you want to move forward, to move forward. And healing can be done, but I don't do anything. The person doesn't do anything. It's done by the grace. Instantly. So there is a release. So someone comes in for, for let's say, an Akashic reading. And wh what do they, so they come in just not knowing what they're going to experience. And walk us through how, how, how does this happen? Is there a, a prayer that you say or something that you do that kind of opens, opens up the records? And then how does that person feel when they're done? Like, let's just get real practical here so everybody knows. Well, what happens? Your records are open with your permission, first of all, and second, with a sacred prayer that is like the key that holds the key to this door where all the information is stored. When we start the session, we open your records, and when we close the session, we close your records. Then don't ask anything else. And the session is interesting because I don't know any other method that uh, can answer concretely to the questions that someone can have. Like imagine an oracle open for you 24 hours, like just to say, uh, tell me what you want to know and I will help you. Tell me what you need to heal and I will help you. Then the person uh, is not going to experience anything particular. It's a very normal session. The same conversation that we are having right now, you and me, Debbie, mm -hmm. will be the same if we, we are doing an Akashic Records consultation, as normal as this. As a consultant, I don't need information about why this happened to you or why are you asking 
the masters of the Akashic Records know you and they know the answer to your questions. It's like this book of your soul is going to open exactly in the page that contains the answer to your question, whatever the question is. So then, so you would be receiving these messages and then you would share them with the person who is in front of you. Is that exactly. how I'm an intermediate person. I don't have to interpret the information. I don't have to really uh, change it. I'm just like listening to the radio sometimes or they give me an image that I have to explain. And because I don't know exactly what I'm talking about because I don't have the information from the client, I'm just like, I don't want to say channeling, but it's the word that more or less uh, people can understand. Uh, then I may ask the question like, does it sound familiar? Does it make sense for you? Do you need more clarification? Then we keep going through the questions until the master say, okay, this requires healing. And for example, read the forgiveness prayer aloud. That is if there is someone, if there is anything or anyone that had harmed me in the past, knowingly or unknowingly, I forgive and release it. If I have hurt anyone or anything in the past, knowingly or unknowingly, I forgive and release it. If I have hurt myself in the past, knowingly or unknowingly, I forgive and release it. Then as you can see, it's a very complete uh, prayer because it includes anything that can happen Mm -hmm. what you have done, what someone has done to you, and also the power of self-forgiveness. Sometimes we are not able to move forward because we don't know how to forgive ourselves. Judith, I have to tell you, as you were saying that prayer, I felt this feeling in my heart center. It works even when the records are closed. Mm -hmm. I, I share uh, some grace points that we have in the hand, some healing points with the clients after the consultation, if we have used them, and I tell them... Your classic records don't need to be open. You can use the grace bonds, the forgiveness prayers, and we have other prayers mm -hmm. to release, uh, for example, things that are not ours, that we just, or other people put on top of us, or we just absorbed from the environment. And we have prayers to release, uh, like souls that are in our path. We have prayers to release energy patterns. When we mm -hmm. are stuck with the same behavior of thought uh, that we call pattern, we can release that then the masters of the akashic records will help us with all of these things that are in our path for our growth for so, our learning right so something like that like so let's say someone doesn't know or i mean i would love them to see you but but let's just say on their own can they say these forgiveness prayers and does that does that sort of open up or or allow um or invite the information yeah, whatever whatever you use Again, uh, this, is, this is part of a, of a bigger method of healing called Akashic Records. But when I, when I teach uh, in my workshops, I tell people, the only thing that you really need to forgive is your conscious decision to do it. Mm -hmm. It's to start looking at the situation in a different way and knowing that you don't want to continue suffering. You cannot change the band, but you can change how you look at the band, mm -hmm. your opinion about it, all the way that you have put in there and you can forgive yourself for being involved in those events because you haven't chosen them because you weren't aware whatever is the reason and then you set yourself free of, as we were saying that's the important 
And if everybody is looking for some motivation to do so, I, I, I get it. I know how painful it is, but think about it. The longer you hold on to this, it's making you physically sick. It's creating symptoms, illnesses, conditions, even disease. It's igniting the stress response. It's aging you. It's suppressing the immune system. I mean, we could just go down just the yeah. physical route of what it's doing. Plus, it's preventing you from truly moving forward. So that's just the practical the practical side of it. Let's talk about, let's talk about Hono, I, Hono, Pono, Hono, Hono, whatever it is. Oh, the Hono. <laughs> and I, I love the simplicity of it and it almost seems too easy to work. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's, it's again a complex thing. Uh, what people know, they can find information in Google, is that there are four words or sentences that put together have a certain vibration that helps to release uh, the Hoponopono has to be used as a technique to not to accumulate, even if it's inside of the tools to forgive. The idea is that by saying, I love you, I'm sorry, please, for, please forgive me and thank you, you use this vibration in order to release. You can alter the order, it's not important. And this, uh, yes, it's a Hawaiian technique. It was created for a, for a psychiatrist that healed a lot of patients without even seeing them. There was a wing of people that have committed certain kind of crimes that were in a mental institution in this hospital where he was working. Then the idea is behind the Hoponopono that is very surprising for me, at least it was when I studied that, is that I clean in myself whatever, make the other person act this way. Then let's say, for example, that I have a bad relationship with, uh, with my brother. And then every time we are in front of one in front of the other, uh, I, I really remember the betrayal that happened. Then I got sick. And I have this pattern of behavior. I mean, just seeing him in the room makes me feel bad. Then I can just say these words not allowed in silence for me. And I will achieve that by doing my 50%, by creating this forgiveness bubble, if you want, this person is going to start acting differently towards me. Then maybe I feel that the tension is released, that we can start exchanging some words. Then slowly, slowly things start looking different and really being different because we think that we need the other person in order to forgive, that we need an, an apology or the other person has to change the behavior. Everything starts within us. We are the only ones that need to do our part of the job. And when you really forgive, you are disconnected from the events, the person, from whatever it happened. So I, I want to go over what those four statements are again, but I also just want everybody to realize that this doesn't mean that you're saying uh, either that the betrayal didn't happen or they didn't do that act and you did the betray, you know, you betrayed the other person if that's not the case. That's not it at all. What this is, is just something that on your own, you're doing your 50% of really just working towards feeling better. And if it does sort of ease or change things, that's, that's truly, I mean, that's what happens. And, and I love how this all began. And I, I know the story where it was, I don't remember his name, but, um, a psych psychiatrist, psychologist, and it was, Wait. there were these patients. Yeah. And there were these patients who absolutely no one can figure out how to help them. And he mm -hmm. just 
took them on and silently, without their knowing, just committed to these four sentences and it made such a dramatic difference. So can you share them again with us? Yeah. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I mean, could you imagine as simple as that, saying that over and over and over again, yeah. that it can actually it's make... a mantra that right. keeps going. And I, I have uh, tons of examples in situations where I have had problems with someone and I didn't know what to do. And, and I just, just say that silently. And the, the shift was instant. I mean, you could see the person change the behavior. Mm. And something that you consciously cannot, like, don't treat me like that, don't say that, I don't like this, I'm not going to accept that. It only creates more drama and more tension. And if you start analyzing that what you want can be achieved only by you, and put the other person aside, and just do whatever you choose, whatever technique, or even consciously say, I forgive you, and, and put them in a box, and send them in a spaceship outside of this uh, universe, far away from you, but knowing that you are at peace, that you are tranquil, calm, and the events happen, but you look at them differently now. It's in the past, and it's not affecting you. And this really also involves getting the ego out of the way. Because, yeah. right, because when our ego is there, we just, we, we, we want to hang on to being right and, and just, just being, you know, we, we, we want justice and we want to see that person uh, paying the price or whatever it is, but it's, it's not in our best interest. That's not where our attention should oh, be yeah. spent. And it's, yeah, it sounds yeah. like that's right. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And also because don't worry, the universe uh, through the law of karma and other ways uh, will put everyone in the place where they belong. You don't have to be the judge. Just live your life to the fullest and try to do as much good as you can. There is like a bank account in the universe where all, everything positive that you do goes to the column of, and everything negative the same. And then there is a balance like in the bank account. Then allow the other people to be the way they want. If we just focus on loving ourselves more and not look at what other people are doing, we will be happier. Yeah, that, and that's so great. And I, I always say closure is our job and justice is karma's. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that true? So, okay, so someone's listening to this right now and they're just, they're struggling with the idea of loving themselves. They've been told their entire lives, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing, and they believed it. What do you, what do you, let's work with that person. What do you, tell them what what can you share that can maybe open the door of possibility of hey you know what i believed what someone said but that doesn't make it true yeah and don't believe everything that your mind tells you because it's not true and and again self-love is a big concept and it's a process when when we work in groups uh we see it's it's, it's so funny how the group has been sent because they have a couple of topics together that they need to solve but I will say that a lot of us are unaware of the way we treat ourselves. We are not even conscious of this inner dialogue where we constantly criticize ourselves, judge ourselves, we put ourselves down, beat ourselves for any mistake that we think. Then we are so hard. Uh, there, is, there, is no, there is no peace. Um, 
for a lot of us, it's more important the opinion that everyone else has about our lives than our own opinion. And this is because we, we have been afraid of looking inside, not knowing what are we going to discover. And what you need to do in order to love someone is to know this person. Then it will be a, a nice thing to start paying attention of what are your needs, what are your desires, what do you really like, what are your passions? Because sometimes we are put in situations where, especially relationships, where we abandon ourselves for the sake of the other person, the good of the relationship or whatever it happened. And there is a moment where we have to go back home. And you know, I, I'm going to stop you right there because this is a huge moment and, and this is so important. I remember learning about this and hearing about it in, um, and reading about it in Conversations with God, book one. And, and anybody who's been listening to this podcast for a while knows that was my absolute, the book that changed my life, Neil Donald Walsh. And I remember uh, learning about relationships. And, and I always, I never liked that you complete me thing because it, <laughs> it's like, what am I just a half? And I need another half to make myself one. But I remember it being explained so beautifully where we, we go into a relationship and to make it work, imagine I'm doing air quotes right here, we abandon ourselves, we lose ourselves, and we just start doing whatever it takes so that we don't ruffle any feathers or we, we sort of feel like it's the, this is what we need to do or how we need to be to make the relationship okay. And then what happens is we do that a while and then all of a sudden, you know, after whatever amount of time, we get really resentful. So we start reclaiming ourselves a little bit and that's when that person says, wow, you really changed. What's the matter with you? And meanwhile, all we did was lose ourselves and then at some point say, hey, you know what? This doesn't feel right. And we we start reclaiming ourselves and that's what causes the whole shakeup. I think that's what you're saying. Is that true? Yeah, you're totally correct, Debbie. Thank you. And, and, and yeah, I, I believe that our relationship is when two mature individuals share the love that they already have from themselves. Because when you have love, your tank is full, you can share. But if your tank is empty, what are you going to share? Then you are giving from an empty place and this is what creates the resentment. Uh, a lot of, of, of times when I talk with people that have problems in relationship and you ask what was the complaint, they, they say that the other person was not paying attention or not good enough with them. Or, and it's because you disappear in the relationship. You didn't exist. You are not anymore the person with whom the other fall in love. You just lose yourself there. Then loving yourself is this way, this path this way to go back home and how you do that mm -hmm. by putting yourself first means that in front of every choice, every decision, you have to ask yourself, what is the best for me now? And some people think that this is selfish. No, this is self-care. This is necessary. This is your responsibility. This is what makes you your time full of love that then can be shared with others. And that's a really important point just to stress that so often we think, oh, being selfless is being loving. No, it's not. And, and we think taking care of ourselves is selfish, but it's not. It's self-preservation. And like you said, we have, if we just keep giving to the extent of not even knowing who we are, we have nothing, nothing to give. And, and, and I would really 
uh, invite everybody to ask themselves, what do I like? What do I want? There's a really good chance you don't even know. But, I, but I'm sure you know what everybody else loves and everybody else wants and what's good for everybody else. And isn't that interesting? You know, and why is it that so many of us, and I see this uh, particularly with women, we're so okay with giving 80, 90, 100, 200% within a relationship, and we're okay getting such a fraction of that back. Why is that okay? Because it's what we have learned. Uh, and understand that love is what we want the most. And when we are, when we are small, we assume that certain things that we have heard that have been told to us are, are the way they were said. Then we start asking for love in the moment we are a little bit like growing up because we thought that in order to receive the love, we have to be in a certain way, behave in a certain way or do certain things. Then this becomes a pattern. We learn the conditional love. Unless you behave, I'm not going to love you. That this is said. Or you have to be a certain way because if not, I'm not going to be your boyfriend anymore. Uh, there is also this religious uh, bringing, these uh, ideas in the society, even philosophers, that this is what people think until there is a moment where unhappiness starts, where there is sadness, where there is disconnection from, from yourself, and then you start looking for answers. The reason why I'm, I'm talking about this topic is because I didn't have any idea what loving myself meant. Hmm. I, was, I was a mess. I had a perfect life, and I was so unhappy. And if you've ever been in that, in that experience, it's this feeling of, and I know because I've been there, it's like I, I, seemingly I should be really happy. And, and, but there's this disconnect, there's this unease, and it's this void from within. And that void is, this is where people will... They, make, they usually make a choice. They, they numb, avoid, distract. So they'll use food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, reckless behavior, another relationship, whatever, to try to fill that void. Or they, they get to the root of it and say, wow, this is a lack of self-love or I need a connection or I need spirituality or whatever it is we need. But this void needs to be filled either way. And, and when we fill it, you know, in a positive way, we feel better. We heal. When we feel it by a distraction technique, we feel worse. So it sounds like that's what you're saying. Judith, what do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up? That whatever you want in your life, it can be achieved. That love is the highest vibration that exists in the universe. Then loving yourself is the key to achieve everything, everything, everything you want. It's there for you. And realize that you deserve it. Open the doors of your heart to be able to receive. Because we know how to ask, but sometimes we don't know how to receive. And loving yourself is really the key that will transform your life. Allowing you to receive whatever you want, more love, more abundance, better health, different relationships, it's something that will transform your life. Then look inside of yourself and ask yourself what you want and give it to you, knowing that this will help you not only to transform your life, transform the world around you and make it a better place. Beautiful. And where do we learn more about you? Everything I do is on my website, judithmcosta.com. And we'll find there the private sessions, the workshops, the retreats, 
and uh, also how to connect with me. I'm happy to talk with people. Should be an email. Give me a call if I can help you to figure out how to become happier and how to love yourself a little bit more every day. Uh, I will so happy to do it. Uh, wonderful. And okay, everybody, you heard it. Love yourself first. And Judith is here to show us just how to do that if we're little rusty in it so <laughs> thank you thank you so thank much thank you i know you helped so many people with what you shared today it has been a pleasure thank you so much so i love when judith said self-love is a decision we think we have to be officially bestowed a stamp of approval by others in order to know our worth which is so hard because if we were on the receiving end of others who didn't give that to us we can struggle believing we're worthy deserving and lovable so whether you received it or not it's important to give it to yourself first and it's not selfish it's self-preservation stay in touch with judith by going to judithmcosta.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Love is the highest vibration in the universe and however you can move towards it, it's worth it. Whether that means constantly staying, saying the Hawaiian prayer, the forgiveness prayer, or even making the decision to speak to yourself how you'd speak to others because let's be honest, if you spoke to others how you may be speaking to yourself, you may not have many friends. Be kind to yourself. You're doing the best you can and make that commitment to move towards healing in any way that works for you. Now, all this stuff is hard, so let me give you a gift. <laughs> Head over to pbtinstitute.com to receive my gift of how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough. <laughs>